0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Our premier event continues from New York City.
1: Let's get this party started! So many stars. And today on Drew NBA All-Star Carmelo Anthony. Hello, A sweet tour of Brooklyn. You have so much better self-control than me, look. Oh, I ate the entire Polish restaurant just now. (laughs) Worth it. It all starts now.
0: Please welcome Drew Barrymore.
1: celebrating New York all week long with all of your hometowns. And so I wanted to celebrate our entire country this season. And if you'd like to participate in this, will you please go to our website at thedrewbarrymoreshow.com and tell us what makes your hometown special, special to you and your unique spin on it. And maybe we'll feature it and you on the show. We could come for a visit, film it, cause uh, the theme really hit us. Um, there's no place like home, it's emotional. So we wanna celebrate you and your hometown, so. Okay, our first guest was born right here in Brooklyn, and yet he just joined the LA Lakers, so it sounds like we're switching places. Um, cause I'm from California, I don't know if you can tell by my accent. Um, he is one of the greatest NBA players of all time. He's a 10-time NBA All-Star and a four-time Olympian, but his journey to the top wasn't easy. Um, He has a new memoir out. It's titled, Where Tomorrows Aren't Promised. And it gives readers a very real look into the obstacles that he faced and the odds he had to beat. So please welcome Carmelo Anthony.
2: Comfortable.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. I'm feeling a very velour on velour, velvety vibe going on it's with fall, you. It's fall. It's
0: fall. Fall. You got to tap into the fall season now.
1: I love it. You look so good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you just signed a one-year contract with the LA Lakers. Yeah. Obviously, I'm gonna get into the old friend, LeBron, of it all. But why did you make that choice, may I ask?
0: I almost got forced to do it. Okay. I almost got forced. I think LeBron forced me to do it.
1: Okay. He, he,
0: he waited to the right time. He waited to, you know, we at the end of our careers. And he said, the time is now. If you don't do it now, we ain't gonna never do it. And we're both going into our 19th season. I mean, that's, that's very, there's not too many people that can say that and, and still at the, at, the, at the top of the game is still doing it at a high level. So, you know, early on, I don't think it would have worked out between us because he was on his path, I was on my path. We had We had different lanes. I just think everything happens for a reason, you know, and timing is everything.
1: I'm so in love with the title of your book because it has so many overarching themes of life. I work every day because I know that most of the jobs that I've had in life are gonna end. They are not permanent. Um, I know that if I don't work my butt off, mm-hmm. there probably won't be a tomorrow. And that's my work ethic. What is it for you that incentivizes you?
0: Understanding that tomorrow's our promise and understanding I come from where tomorrow 's on promise, and I really just want to tell that story of, of actually where the true essence of where tomorrow 's on promise I mean those environments there's, there's no promise, and there's no hope in those environments.
1: Why did you decide to share that now in this book?
0: I think now where i'm at in, in just my life and just my career it's, it's a sense of discovery, like trying to figure out who you know who I am who who truly, who's the true essence of of Carmelo Anthony? And in that discovery, I came to write that book because for so long I had that, those stories and that information kind of just in a, I tucked in the closet somewhere. I didn't want that story out. I didn't want that feeling and to relive those stories. So I'm, I decided, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna try to be vulnerable. I'm gonna try to open up. I'm gonna allow myself to let people uh, in, in, into my world, but into that world, cause that's a totally different world than my, my career, that's the prequel to, to my career. The origin story. <clears throat> Absolutely.
1: I, uh, when I wrote a book, um, I realized writing it that when I spoke about my mom, who and I, I I've been through so much tough stuff with her. Um, I just had nothing but like dignity, grace, appreciation, objectivity. I wasn't coming at this as a wounded child. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I, I had gotten over certain guilts and resentments and just that I was a different person I, than I was when I was a kid. And had I not written this book, I, I couldn't believe like how much grace and appreciation I had for things.
0: Uh, I felt that, <clears throat> kind of speaking about my mom. Cause me and my mom, we have a great relationship, but we've never sat and had like a real, real, real true conversation about, the upbringing. And it, it took until just recently, right prior to I started writing the book, I sat with her and we were just talk, telling stories. And she told me, she's like, Baby, look, you need to get your story out there. So once she blessed it, it was like, I'm okay, I'm good. I'm good You're now. You were free. I was free. <clears throat> I was free because it was, it's a lot of stories, and I speak on my stepdad in there too. And for so long, I kind of just put a, a lid on that, and I didn't want to touch that at all. And nobody, nobody knew that. Even my mom didn't know a lot of those stories.
1: I feel like I am feeling a true shift in our world that yeah. because athletes are coming out and talking about their past, their spirits, their heads, their hearts, their bodies, their brains.
0: Think athletes, like we, we're, we're naturally depressed being an athlete. I mean, what we have to go through on a day-to-day basis, dealing with media, competing at the highest level. We spend more time with our teammates than we do with our family during the year. So you miss holidays and, and, and so on and so forth. So it's a lot of things that, you know, the average person don't really understand that an athlete have to go through. So it wasn't until I started actually writing a book and going through that process where I was able to kind of get a, the real true meaning of kind of who I am and putting everything into perspective.
1: Taking a step back.
0: You have to. You have to.
1: And I've realized from a lifetime of holidays with no family, holidays with friends, holidays with my children now, how to co-parent, how to be a parent, how to be a child, looking at your parents, that I now tattooed, home is where we are. Yes. Because in an uprooted, inconsistent life, you just gotta say, wherever we're connected, is that's home, that's for home. The day. That's home, absolutely and um, I, I love you.
0: I appreciate it, I love you too, Drew. I don't
1: mean to be creepy, but <laughs> I I just believe in right. everything you're saying and I'm hanging on your every word and we have to cut for a commercial break um, and when we come back, we're gonna get to continue this conversation with my favorite, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> NBA superstar Carmelo Anthony, and you've also been extremely giving and caring and philanthropic, and you have the Carmelo Anthony Foundation. Um, why did that start?
0: <clears throat> it was it was very simple. I was once one of them, so for me, once I always promised and made a promise to like my friends and just my neighborhood and community that whenever I make it, we all make it. And I'm, I'm coming back, regardless of what.
1: I have a surprise for you.
0: Um,
1: there's actually someone here in our <laughs> audience today who wants to say thank you personally. Uh, she is a science teacher in Baltimore. Kim Uh-oh. Crystal.
0: Uh-oh, Kim. <laughs> Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Kim Crystal. Did you wanna say anything to Carmelo? Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, a couple years ago, I had a project on shoes, and you basically donated and funded every project in West Baltimore. Yes. Um, so, and mine was one. And I had a class of 10 boys at the time because I was a special education teacher and they just thought it was like the neatest thing because they knew who you were. Um, so it like meant something to them that you saw them or saw their need at that time.
0: Thank you, Kim, thank you.
1: Thank you, Kim, so much. I can, I can picture those boys. It, you've brought a tangibility um, and a motivational aspect to keep going and that to me is being brought down to the ground too, like it's working. And I think you had someone in your life who came in and sort of pushed you.
0: Yeah, I had a, I had a couple people. Uh, that, that just came into my life. I had a coach, um, he was one of the hardest coaches I ever had, like, ever. He was a, he was a disciplinarian, he was a guy who, I didn't know what he was trying to teach me at the time. I just felt like he was just pointing me out, or singling me out. But now that I look back at it, he was very important into my development. You know, work ethic and and, being dedicated to something and, you know, coming to practice and working hard and and bringing people along with you and, but when I messed up, he let me know.
1: Well, we have another surprise for you. He's standing by on Zoom. It's Jim Beheim. Oh, man. Are you there?
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm here,
2: I'm here. There you are. I mean,
1: you know, You're the head basketball coach at Syracuse. I mean, hello. That's so important, Um, such a high echelon in your field. Uh, Is there anything that you wanted to share with Carmelo today? You know,
2: I wish I would-
0: Be nice, just be nice.
2: I I wanna clear some up. I was never really that hard on Carmelo because (laughs) it wasn't, usually you have to correct freshmen and work with them and change them. Uh, He was pretty well there when he came to Syracuse. Uh, I'd like to take credit for it, but I'm not. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I mean, he helped us win a national championship the first year. I think the great thing with Carmelo is mentally, he's always been ahead of, of really everybody. But as I watch you two talk today, the thing I think about with Carmelo, he immediately gave back to Syracuse when he left. He's given back to every place he's been. We raised a million dollars after Carmelo's freshman year here for make a wish and coaches versus cancer, because he was part of it. He wanted to be part of it. And he was a leader as a freshman people that say he couldn't win anything. He's won three Olympic gold medals. He won the national championship as a freshman and he's given back every place he's been. And to me, that's what I love Melo. It's not about just, well, the championship was important. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, Doesn't when you coached you 46 years and you never won one, you, you know, you're going to appreciate the one you won. you know?
1: Coach Beheim, I'm so grateful to you showing up today um, so we could honor both of your stories uh, you. with Carmelo. Thank you, Coach Beheim.
2: Thanks, Coach. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you, Kim Crystal, for bringing those 10 amazing students here with us in that room, in this room, and you representing them. Um, And Carmelo, you're such a trailblazer. You're such a good person. Thank Thank
0: you.
2: Carmelo Anthony's highly
1: anticipated memoir, Where Tomorrows Aren't Promised, is out now. It's incredible, as are you. We'll be right back.